Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where your host, financial advisor Andrew Mitchell, talks with industry experts to help you steward your time, talents, and money. Tom, thanks for being on this episode. Oh, you're welcome, Andrew. Thank you for having so, me. Yeah, no problem. Why don't you start us off by just giving us a little bit of background on who is Tom and uh, what your work experience has been like? Okay. Hi, um, well, I'm Tom Beemuth, and my background is um, in the supply chain side of manufacturing. Um, so I have a lot of experience doing project management. And a few years ago, I had the idea of using some of that experience to come up with a, a guidebook, uh, something that would help me in my personal life. Um, a lot of the techniques that I've learned in project management were great uh, managing projects, getting big things done. And so I decided to come up with something that would work in my personal life. Awesome. And that's called Voiku, and because I know you, I know what it's called. But can you talk to us a little bit about some of the philosophies behind Voiku and the the thing that you put together to really help you in your personal life? I, I certainly can. Yep. Um, Voiku, actually, Voiku is a mashup of two words, cool and voyage. And that just came to me one day when I was, you know, early on when I was starting this. It's like, oh, this is kind of like a cool voyage. So I was looking for a name mash that up and that's, that's where Voiku came from. Um, yeah, what, uh, you know, in our early life, we are guided, you know, our parents guide us. We, we start going to school and, you know, we have a curriculum. Um, it's, you know, our life's pretty much laid out. And uh, it's, it's like that until we enter the workforce. So, I was looking for something that would, you know, help me in my personal life, um, make some decisions about where I wanted to go and how's the best way, you know, to get there. So that's, that's really, you know, another part of how uh, Boyku came to be. And um, I have one here. Uh, this is what it looks like. And it's a little booklet that I can use and carry around with me and allows me to put things in like, you know, what's my vision, where am I going, and then what are the tasks that I'm going to do on a regular basis to, to reach those goals. Yeah, so talk to us a little bit about that vision piece that you just mentioned, maybe just a little bit of a definition of um, as you're working through that in your personal life, what does vision look like or what does it mean to you? Yeah, um, well, vision is, it's kind of like a goal on steroids. So. Uh, and, and let me just back up a little, little bit and talk about goals for a minute because then I can build up to what vision is. So, you know, I use that um, example of, uh, of our early life, like when our parents are guiding us or when we're in um, uh, primary school. And we as individuals don't have a lot of choices. There's classes laid out. Um, they're pretty broad. You know, you're, you're, you're learning things like you know, reading and writing and arithmetic and uh, maybe social skills. Yeah. But, you know, that that's our early, you know, some of our earliest uh, education. And then as we progress, we get into like high school. And in high school, we have a little more freedom on, you know, we might have some electives that we can take. 
and a little more freedom about you know our direction as far as classes go or what we're learning yeah but still it's pretty guided and somewhere in maybe our junior year uh maybe a little earlier we start thinking about what we want to do as a career and counselors help us uh, that uh, is, is when we start to think about what our vision is. Mm. And um, so take, for example, maybe somebody's pretty good at math. Uh, they like to, they like mechanical things. And someone suggests they look at becoming an engineer. That engineering piece for a uh, high school junior is way out there, right? I mean, they, they don't really know what it is to be an engineer. But it's it's you know it's an aspirational goal, mm-hmm. and once they accomplish uh, graduate from high school, then they can go to college. And now there's another series of steps they have to go through to become an engineer. Yeah. So that's how I'm building up to you know, uh, what vision is. In the it's it's really like a goal that um, is on steroids because. In our early years of high school, or early years of education, we're just trying to pass the classes. But as we gain more experience and knowledge, we start realizing that there's big things that we could do, much bigger things. And those those are really what our our visions are. Sure. So just to kind of kind of put an example to that, would that be you know somebody's in high school, they want to be an engineer, like you said, are they envisioning themselves? being an engineer or are they farther out than that? Maybe even envisioning themselves in their fifties or sixties and what, you know, life is going to end up as. Right. I, I, I believe that it's, uh, our visions evolve and change all the time. Sure. And we don't have to have just one. You might have a vision for your pro- professional career. Mm-hmm. You could have another vision for your family or your social life, or maybe a vision for how you want to, um, you know, what do you want to do as far as a member of society? So you can have multiple visions that you're, you know, constantly uh, moving towards. And uh, I think you make a good point. So I graduated from college, now I'm an engineer. And here's kind of where Boyku fits in, is up until this point, somebody has told me what I need to do. Sure. You know, to be an engineer, I have to pass these classes and achieve these certifications. And but once I'm out of college, I'm on my own. Now what? So um, use, for example, um, maybe, maybe I want to uh, learn how to design rockets or something. Mm-hmm. That could be another vision above and beyond being, uh, being just an engineer. Sure. When I was in high school, all I could see was being an engineer and maybe designing cars or machines. Once I graduated from college, I have another perspective and I can see farther, and my interests have, uh, have changed. So now I go after, you know, designing rockets or something. Yeah. So, can you talk to us a little bit about how the role that a vision plays as your life involve, evolves over time? Right. So, um, when I was describing the, um, you know, the, the elementary school, high school, and college. It's, it's kind of like a pyramid. So, you know, early on I have these, you know, broad subjects and as I, as I progress with my life, um, uh, 
I become more aspirational. I'm, I'm more towards the top. And I think having that vision out there in the, in the future, uh, it works both ways. So when I set that vision out in the future, this aspirational goal, maybe yeah. I want to yeah. build rockets. Um, that also helps me decide what are the things I need to do to do that. So early in my life, people are telling me what to do to mm -hmm. get to my vision. But once I, I've achieved like being an engineer, now say I want to invent a new vacuum. How am I going to do that? You know, and having that, you know, maybe I have the vision of, uh, you know, a self-powered vacuum that vacuums my house when I'm not here. I know they have them, but, you know, at some point somebody had to have that dream and that vision. Yeah. So once I have it, I can start thinking about what would it take? You know, what kind of computer would it take and what kind of drive would it take and how would I market it? And all those millions of questions start uh, revealing themselves. Yeah. So vision can work both ways. You know, it can be something you have and you're striving for it. But once you have, once you pick a vision, then you can start breaking it down and, and developing what does it take to get there? Yeah. Um, is there a role that you see or a different role that you see vision playing as people are going through crisis? I mean, we're hopefully at the tail end of this coronavirus stay at home order. Um, and I'm sure that's something that's on a lot of people's minds is, you know, okay, you know, what, what role does vision play during this time? I think that's an important point. And it's a, it's a great question. And it's, it's a great question because I think it's on so many people's minds, you know, like what comes next? And uh, especially in times like today when no one knows really, uh, especially from a financial, you know, investing, let's say investing point of view, there's a lot of different opinions about, is it a short, is this a, a short downturn, a long downturn? There's a lot of different options. Right. Our, our opinions. Having your own vision, I think, gives you an awful lot of um, security and it, it allows you to measure yourself and make a lot of decisions for yourself. You can gather information that, to test your ideas and see if they work or not. Sure. Um, it's much better than just kind of winging it and hoping something comes along. Yeah. So in a certain sense, it's kind of like a compass as you're going through storms and, you know, you could use a, the analogy of a boat going through a storm. It needs a compass to know where it's going to go. Uh, so in, in some ways, would you say that that's similar to what a vision would be? Exactly. It's pointing you in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, and if you look at a lot of, um, uh, like famous inventors, whether it's Thomas Edison or, or even people in history like Christopher Columbus. I mean, talk about a crazy idea. Everybody in the world was was sailing east to get to you know to get to the China, and he is standing there going, "No, I think we had to go. I think we had to go west." <laughs> now that's counterintuitive, but uh, again, he had a vision, and he was an experienced sailor, so. He had a vision of how to, uh, of another way to get there. Yeah. And turned out, you know, he was right. Yeah. Well, kind of, he never got to China, but he, he did discover land. So, yeah. 
And so even taking that same principle of it being a compass, even as we go through things individually, sounds like, you know, that can be something that can guide us through periods of adversity and, you know, whatever else that, you know, the headwinds that we face in life. Right. That's a, that is a big part of it is in, in my Voiku, I have certain, uh, I have several visions that I'm going after and I don't am I working on the right things? Am I allowing myself to be distracted? And, uh, and sometimes I may double check the vision itself and say, well, you know, now that I'm here, that isn't as important as I have this I want to do. Yeah. But the point is all the time I'm going in a, in a, this in a direction that I've decided. Sure. So we've kind of scratched the surface of the need for a vision. Can you talk us through a little bit of how do we start developing? You know, maybe I'm, you know, fresh out of college and I don't really know what I want to do, or I'm in a period of life where it's just a, it's a transition period. What would you tell those people to say, like, here's how you can start to formulate a, a vision and have a direction to head in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of doing brainstorming, and I think um, most people, not everyone, but most people have some curiosities, some things they're interested in, and I would highly recommend, you know, taking some time and just sitting down and doing some brainstorming, and thinking about, the nice thing about brainstorming is there's really no rules. In fact, the best thing to do is, is set down a rule that says, I'm not going to edit, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to overthink things. I'm just going to take the next hour and write down a bunch of ideas of things that um, interest me. And that's a good start. Um, sure. After that, you can start organizing those and see if there's any patterns. That's another great exercise. And then finally, you can sift that down and uh, come up with some ideas on, hey, you know, here's, here's two or three things that I think are really important. I think time's an important ingredient in this. It's, you know, spread it out over a few days and um, let yourself, in the beginning, let yourself, you know, use your imagination and, and really uh, explore what's important to you. Yeah. Is there, do you need to be at all concerned as you're going through the vision to think through any of the steps to get to that vision? Or are you really just trying to get at where your heart is at and where you're trying to, to get to. Exactly. You, you want to, um, you want to limit any kind of editing or trying to expand on any of the ideas and just explore the ideas, just sit down with them and, and, you know, kind of play with it, make it a game if you want. And uh, some people will cut pictures out of magazines. Um, you know, you might sit down with a friend and talk about it. Somebody who knows you. Um, yes, you, I, I would strongly advise not to try and figure out the steps. That comes later. And that's an important concept about the way Voiku works is it breaks each one of these activities down so that um, you can focus on it. And, uh, and then because it's all in one place, at any time you can leaf through it and, and see the whole picture. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you have anything different to say for maybe say a business owner that's going through a crisis right now? And, you know, it seems like a lot of businesses, they have 
um, a mission statement or a vision statement that has kind of been the guiding light for their business, but maybe they're saying like, I don't know what's going on. Like, this is crazy. Would you have anything as far as um, words of wisdom, as far as a vision goes for a business owner? I think, um, I think visions a very important part of, you know, operating a business. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, a lot of times they're kind of developed by a committee and they read that way, you know, like, you know, our vision is to supply the best product to everybody. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Um, but, you know, you have other people, uh, Southwest Airlines, for example, mm-hmm. they're early, early on, um, uh, Herb Kellerman and was sitting around and, you know, doodling on ideas. And uh, what, what he and his partner came up with in Southwest was, uh, we want to make air travel affordable for everyone. Mm-hmm. And that became the vision that they constantly worked at. And uh, it's aspirational. At, the, at that time, I mean, a, a plane flight was like five or $600 to mm-hmm. go to Florida or Atlanta. Um, it was very expensive and uh, it was pretty much a monopoly. And Southwest helped break that whole market open. You can fly to Florida for what, $40 or something sometimes? That's um, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's with 30 or 40 years going by. So it's amazing what, they, you know, what the industry has done. But it started with two, two men and a vision. Yeah. It's incredible to see what can be accomplished when you put um, that kind of perspective on a Southwest Airlines that they had this vision. They knew where they were going. And um, yeah, I, could, I mean, I can definitely see the value of that as an individual and for companies to, to, to get back to the basics is really what it sounds like. Right. It keeps them focused on, on uh, what works yeah. and what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, and I think that's important for businesses today especially in these difficult times, um, you know, do you throw up your hands and close the doors or, you know, uh, do you, what, how do you, how do you approach the market? And if you have that, <clears throat> if you have that, a vision like that, like the one Southwest has, it opens up a lot more opportunities. So um, they didn't, they didn't necessarily say they were going to be the best airline ever, that wasn't really their vision. Their vision was more centered on their customers and um, it was aspirational enough that no matter what the environment is, they can still be working on how do we achieve that. Yeah. No, that's really cool. That's a, that's a really good example of that as well. Um, so you, you mentioned just briefly as you were starting to talk about vision goals. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more, more about how you define goals, the difference between goals and a vision, or how those two things play together? Right. Okay. Um, a vision is something that's aspirational. So it's, it's a vision is something you, you, you almost, it, it's hard to almost believe that it could happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, Elon Musk is working on building a spaceship to go to Mars. He wants his vision, and it's been his vision for a long time, is to um, help us become a multi-planet species. Mm. There's an aspirational vision, (laughs) Um, right? So um, that's way out there. So that's vision. The goals are 
the steps to get there. And, you know, for example, um, one, of, one of his goals is how do I fund this? How do I fund all the, you know, all the engineering and new technology and development that it takes to, to go to the Mar to go to Mars? Yeah. And he's done that by, you know, he, he said, okay, let's start us a company that builds rockets. And, you know, so that was one of their goals was to be able to launch commercial vehicles. Um, underneath that was another goal of, you know, just, just being able to, you know, send a rocket into orbit. So that vision is your, the big part out front that you're striving for. And it helps you develop what are the goals to get there? What are the steps, the different goals that I need to accomplish to get there? And you can keep breaking it down into smaller and smaller ones. So the way I've structured Waiku is a three-step process. And your highest level is your vision, the thing that you're striving for, that aspirational uh, goal that you have out there. Under, once you have that, it's easier to come up with the next level and that some people call them milestones. I, I, uh, I use a term I call voyage map. And it's, um, those big hunks, those big pieces that have to be in place. So for example, with SpaceX, his vision is, you know, Elon Musk's vision is he wants to help us be a multi-species planet um, to come back to that, like one step under that would be, okay, how do I fund this? Mm -hmm. uh, it's gonna take a lot of money to develop the technology. And so then he decided to start a rocket company of his own and launch commercial vehicles that would supply income that he could use to work on this aspirational goal that he has. So, you know, launching a vehicle into um, orbit would be one of those big milestones. Um, being able to land the booster back on the earth would be another one of those big milestones. Then if you went underneath, um, all, you went under, under all of those milestones, you're going to have a whole series of other goals that you want to accomplish. So if I'm going to land a booster back on the earth, I'll need software. I'll need uh, an engineering design that can withstand re-entry. Um, I'll need an uh, engine that can refire while it's plummeting through the atmosphere. So those become other goals that you have to have in place. So it's, it's kind of a cascading uh, series of steps that you go through. But that's, those are the three basic ones that, that I outlined in Boiku, uh, and it helps you put those in place. Sure. Do you, um, when you're setting goals, is it always looking to vision and then working your way down, or do you ever work it the other way as well? Um, at this point, I always start with my vision and work, work backwards. And I think that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, early on, when someone is basically telling us what to do, then then it's going the other way. We're you know starting at the bottom, going up. But I think once we're on our own, um, we we can see the world and can see opportunities. That's when we start you know starting with a vision and then working our way back to okay, if, I, if I'm going to be a multi-planet species, what do I need to do? And if okay, I if I hit those, what do I need to do to hit those? Yeah. No, that makes sense. I've heard, you know, over the years learning about goals and things like that, that there's always, 
you know, these different frameworks to set goals in, whether it's, you know, smart goals where they have to be specific, measurable, you know, all of those things. Do you use a framework at all for that once you're setting those goals or is that more of a daily goal sort of thing? Talk us through that a little bit. Okay, sure. Well, on the milestones, I do, um, I do put dates on them because dates are important. Having, having something to strive for is important. Um, and uh, a lot of what Boiku is based on is also agile thinking, which is that we're going to do things in iterations. Um, let me, and let me give you an example. So um, we've, we've been, I've been talking about SpaceX and using them as an example. Um, right now, NASA is funding several different uh, technologies to go to the moon. Mm -hmm. And one of them is called SLS. Um, it's being built by Boeing. And uh, Boeing is, um, you know, basically they're, they're designing this. They're going through, you know, multiple steps. And uh, when they're all done, they're, they'll take this rocket to the launch pad and they'll fire it up. And it's got to work on the very first try. Wow. They've tested some of the components, but they've never really tested it as a whole unit or anything. It's so to be able to have that work, it just it it, it takes so much um, energy and time and money to make sure every single thing is working. Yeah. To be able to, we're going to wheel it out on the launch pad and it's going to work. Yeah. Contrast that to um, SpaceX and. They're, they're on prototype number four. It just failed this week. Um, they've been doing test firings of the engines and something went wrong this week and, and um, they had a failure. But they're on, they're on number version four. Um, yeah. They've done test firings, they, they're checking the plumbing, they're checking their procedures. Um, will, will their design, is their design working right? They're doing all kinds of testing and it's all very public, it's amazing. Um, Within the next couple of months, they're going to take a slight hop with this rocket. They're going to first go about 300 feet in the air, and then they're going to go about 20 miles in the air. Mm. That's, those are their, some of their milestones. And uh, what's interesting is by using this iterative, um, you know, using these little cycles of, you know, I'm testing something and I, and I fail, I take it up to the level where I fail. Um, or maybe I don't feel that I learned something. By doing that, SpaceX, um, they projected the cost of, to launch a rocket is going to be about $2 million, which is um, almost unbelievable. But let's just say that holds true. The cost to launch the Boeing SLS rocket is $2 billion. Whoa. It's a thousand times more. Wow. <laughs> So it gives you an idea of, you know, the, the, the amount of effort that goes into making something work yeah. on the very first try versus experimenting and learning and, you know, developing it as, as you go along. Big differences. Yeah. Can you give us an example of how that might apply to your life or, you know, just an average person's life in, in an individual? Sure. Sure. So... One of the one of my milestones is to um, blog on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the real struggle for me because I'm trying to build a website and I have a lot of irons in the fire. <laughs> but um, when I break that down to some of my more routine tasks, what I've actually done is broken the writing process down into, uh, into a process. And I've been experimenting with different ways of writing. It's almost like SpaceX, you know, I, I do one and it doesn't work very well. And, or I read, a, I read an author who talks about how he wrote his writing process and I try and emulate it, emulate it. Um, so what, what I've been doing is that same thing. I'm working on publishing content more often, valuable content. I don't want to just put things out there. Um, and it, it takes some time because I, I have a research step and uh, some writing steps. And I finally found a, a process that works more reliably. I won't say it's perfect, but I've been able to reliably produce things by using my new process. So this, that's an example of taking this, you know, this milestone of writing content more often and breaking it down into some smaller steps. One, I, I need a better process to help me write. I, I envy the people that can just sit down and, you know, just write and it comes out. Um, yeah. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> um, so I need some sort of process to help me, guide me along. And that's yeah. what I've been working on. Oh, that's good. How, you know, talking about vision and goals and all of that, like it, to some people, I think it can seem like pie in the sky. How do you go about evaluating whether a goal is good and how do you go about uh, making changes to those things as you go along, whether it's your vision or your goals? Uh, one of the aspects about um, Boiku is it's all paper-based. <laughs> and um, people ask me all the time why I don't make it uh, an application. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple reasons. One. One is there's a lot of really good research that shows that having things, um, writing things down, it helps reinforce, it helps creativity. Um, and also because it's sticky note based, you can see one right here. Um, yeah. It's easy to you know, pull it off, move it around. If I change my mind, I can get rid of it. Um, so I go through a weekly, I spend a little bit of time every Sunday and go through what I call, what's called a retrospective. And I just review what, what I, what were my goals for the week and did I accomplish them or not? And if I didn't accomplish, and, and then what did I learn? Sometimes I learned things because I accomplished. Sometimes I learned things because I didn't. And then I use that information to decide what I'm going to do in the following week. And that's my, this little cycle of, going through and um, learning and improving and accelerating my progress. Yeah. Um, the other piece that I, I kind of think of as I think of the devil's advocate side of things to a certain extent is, you know, there's, there's people out there that have set goals and whether they were too lofty goals or whether they lost sight of their goals, uh, they don't accomplish them. And so they end up failing, uh, kind of like you were talking about with your retrospective and they give up on them. What would you say for those people? Um, you know, would you say to get back into setting goals and going after things or, you know, what, what would your advice be for that person? Well, I think it's really important to have goals. Um, I, I, you know, you certainly can go through life without 
uh, focusing on goals. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but I, I, everyone does them, even if they don't realize it. So, you know, if you think about that pyramid again, I could have gotten up this morning. Well, I did. When I got up this morning, I was thinking about, okay, I had this uh, interview with Andrew this morning, and uh, I need to go to the bank this morning. And, you know, there's, there's three or four things that I set up for myself that I want to do this morning. I have some other things for the business. And, you know, some people just, that's how they lead their life. They get up in the morning and they make up their mind on what they're going to do. Maybe their goal is just to be on time for work. Um, <laughs> yeah, good goal. Um, so I think whether, whether we choose to or not, we're, we are making goals for ourselves. The difference is if you apply yourself a little bit and, and set a goal, um, it's, it's more likely to be rewarding for yourself, which is really, you know, that's why we're here to find, you know, meaning in our life and, and find the rewards that we're looking for. It doesn't always, it's not always about money. Yeah. So I think if someone has set a goal and decided that that's not what they want to do, um, you know, that's, that's okay. I think as long as they've given it some thought, if they just, you know, kind of let it fall off the table and forgot about it, I, I'd say bring it back and think about it. Is that something you really want to give up on or not? Yeah. Um, here, here's another little tidbit. Leonardo da Vinci, we all know about Mona Lisa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the painting Mona Lisa, he let it sit in a closet. I, or he didn't work on it. I shouldn't say sit in a closet. I don't know that. But he didn't work on it for like 10 years. Um, he just, he took it up to a certain point and then he stopped. And then he came back to it later and finished it. And sometimes that happens to us in our lives too, where, you know, we maybe, maybe we hit a, a roadblock and we didn't know our way around it. And it took a while to kind of recover or maybe learn a little more and then take another stab at it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Do goals play a different role as we walk through crisis and adversity than our vision plays for us? Or is it very similar, the role that those things play? Um, no, I think, it's, I think it's very similar because, you know, um, your vision really exceeds your goal or um, any kind of crisis. Yeah. So again, kind of jumping back to Southwest Airlines, um, they're, you know, they're an airline and because of the coronavirus, they are, you know, their business has been disrupted also, but yeah. that hasn't changed their vision. And uh, what, it, what their vision does do is allow them to come up with creative ways to, uh, to work through this crisis that they're dealing with right now. And that's what I would suggest to business people too. By having a vision out there in the future that you're striving for, it helps you come up with ideas of how do, okay, how do we get through this? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. What, um, you know, so we talked a little bit about vision earlier and walking through the process of doing some brainstorming, looking to see if there's patterns and then putting some things together to really develop that vision um, for your life. And then going from there and looking at milestones and breaking those things down further to create the goals. Um, for somebody who's just getting started, maybe they're you know thinking, oh, I need to start at the brainstorming part uh, to start looking at this vision piece. 
where would you have them start as far as looking at goals? Um, well, I think once, once they have their vision in place, mm -hmm. once they've, and again, um, I probably have rewritten my vision five or six times and it's just little tweaks, just tweaking the words. So I, I personally don't think that's a bad thing. Um, it'd be nice if I could nail it the very first time, but I, I think in any creative process, you want to leave yourself a little room. Yeah. Um, and I think if, um, I think if somebody is just starting out, that's the best place to start is thinking about what that vision is. And again, it could be about their family. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't have to be that they want to be in business. Sure. Um, or it could be maybe they have an, a vision of what their retirement is going to look like. Yeah. I think especially for, you know, people just entering or early in the workforce. Now's a really good time to be thinking about what you want your retirement to be like. And um, being someone that's closer to retirement than, than other people. Um, you know, it, it's, it's so beneficial to have that plan in place early because with investing or anything else, it, it, it's a function of time. Yeah. So um, the more time you have, the better position you'll be in. Yeah. But what, do you, what does retirement look like? There's, a, there's probably a great exercise that might be a good blog post is to use that as an example of creating a vision is what does retirement look like to you? Yeah. You know, are you going to go on vacation? Are you going to, you know, sail around the world? What, what does it look like? Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good point to start with. Would you say to those people that are developing their vision statement that goals need to take a back seat for a little bit or, or is there a role that they can play on a day-to-day -day basis or not, not until you really um, have no, they, you, you certainly could, and, and I think people do every day, set yeah. little mini goals for themselves. So they can work in tandem. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes it does take a little while to figure out what, you're, what visions you're working towards that, that are important to you, but you can still have benefit in starting to think about, maybe, maybe all you know is some of your, your milestones that you're going for. Like, maybe I want to take my family on vacation. Um, yeah. That would be to me a milestone and you could break that down as into some smaller um, goals and smaller tasks about how to get there. Yeah. So it's all about being flexible. Sure. Talk to us a little bit about that idea of flexibility that you had mentioned right there, just because I think sometimes you get really rigid on our goals and our vision. You talked about rewriting your vision statement several times and, you know, how does, I, I think people, the reason people feel like they can't be flexible on that stuff is because, you know, they need to accomplish this thing that they've set out to do. And, you know, if they've changed, they've failed, you know, so can you talk to us a little bit about that idea of flexibility and, and how you approach that? Right. Okay, sure. I think, um, you know, for example, if I'm working towards a milestone and uh, it's just not working, I'm not achieving it there's a couple of different approaches. I, in my past, what I would do is just buckle down and work twice as hard. I just keep doing the th same thing. Um, it's kind of like running into a wall harder. <laughs> um, and that's, that's one approach, but it can, it can uh, it's not necessarily the best. I think uh, another approach is to when, when you're stuck or when you're 
let's call it stuck. When you're stuck is to back up for a moment and think about how can I approach this differently? Mm. And, you know, early in my business career, I worked with a, uh, a consultant and he used to advocate, um, he used to call it, I don't care if we have to tunnel under it, uh, go around it, go over it, go, you know, we can go through it if that's the only way. But the point was, think about some other options. How mm. else could I approach this? And, or who could I ask for advice? There's yeah. a, it's always important to ask people. And that can help you break through and, and uh, take it to the next level and really overcome that. If, uh, if that doesn't work, then you really have to do, think about, you know, am I, is this just a dead end and I need to replan and go, go a different direction? Sure. It's all, a lot of judgment, but um, again, like Leonardo's painting of Mona Lisa, sometimes you have to leave it, in a, leave it set for a while before you can, you know, have the right skills to go after it. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice for sure. Um, well, I've appreciated our time, Tom. This is, I always enjoy talking to you, whether it's an interview or just uh, catching up over coffee for sure. Um, so if people want to reach out to you and, and ask you additional questions or they want to see a little bit more about Voiku, how would they go about finding you? Um, the best way to do it is to go to my website. It's voiku.com, uh, V-O-Y-C-O-O.com. And my contact information is there. Um, they can reach out to me via email or phone. And uh, that, that would be the easiest way to get in touch with me. Cool. Do you have any final uh, grand words of wisdom for us before we sign off? Um, well, I think um, just maybe to reiterate that you know, what, what I'm working on with Voiku is coming to come up with a guidebook. And it's, it's blank <laughs> um, and it's designed to use sticky notes because um, everybody is different. Um, I don't want to write a book of advice, you know, do this, do that, because it doesn't fit everybody. They're, they're nice to read, but that doesn't really help you put a plan together. Mm. So um, my goal for Voiku is to have, uh, you know, this, this guidebook that you can basically build yourself so you can design the life you want to have. Awesome. So that's really the, I'll leave that as the final, final thought there. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for your time and I uh, look forward to speaking again in the future. All right. Thank you, Randy. You have a great day. You too. Thank you for investing in yourself. Remember to connect with us on Facebook by searching The Stewardship Podcast or email us at thestewardshippodcast at gmail.com. Do you have an interest in connecting with Andrew? Find him on LinkedIn or Facebook and make sure to join us for the next episode.